Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Effective Altruism Forum weekly podcast. My name is Colin Snell. This is episode 12, and it is focusing on December 19th through January 8th. The karma threshold for articles this week uh, is 150, is what we calibrate them at, just because we're dealing with a longer stretch of time, of course. So let's go ahead and jump right into it with the object-level interventions and review section. So the first article for this week is by Simon underscore M, and it's called Strong Minds Should Not Be a Top-Rated Charity yet. So the author notes that currently giving what we can lists strong minds as a top-rated charity, and this is based off of some data from the Founders Pledge findings on their cost-effectiveness overall. However, the author argues against this for three main points. First, the data that is used is noisy. Uh, the author says noisy surveys, with uncertainty levels updated twice by strong, man, uh, strong minds due to social desirability bias. The next point here is The system uses uh, the Disability Adjusted Life Years system, weighting of 0.66 for severe depression. This is pulled from the global burden of disease and disability weights. However, this was intended for severe depression during a depressive episode, not general baseline. This and other definitional differences around mild and moderate depression would roughly have the effectiveness of the intervention reported by the Founders Pledge. Strong Minds haven't continued to publish new data since their trials very early on either, and all of these are points argued by the author as to why reevaluated in terms of its overall cost-effectiveness. The next article we have is from Jacob Stencil and Ronkia Jurek. Why Anima International suspended the campaign to end live fish sales in Poland is the name of the article. Anima International has indefinitely suspended their campaign against live fish sales in Poland. There's a tradition in Poland to buy live carp and slaughter them on Christmas Eve. After several major retailers withdrew from selling live fish as a result of animal advocacy groups' efforts, they noticed a trend of consumers moving from carp to higher status fish like salmon. These are carnivorous and require fish feed, resulting in possible net negative effects on animal suffering. They ran a survey to assess the population's likely substitute buying behaviors if live carp were not available, and the team found that around 24% would switch to salmon. They then ran a rough model which concluded the campaign had a negative expected value and therefore suspended it. The next article we have is by Katja Grace. It's called Let's Think About Slowing Down AI. So the author starts off by arguing that there hasn't really been as much focus on a potential approach to AI intervention that's focused on stopping it completely or slowing it down. This is weirdly dismissed, as the author has argued, and it tends to be based off of a few collections of arguments, right? Some of these arguments as to why it is next to impossible to slow down the progress of AI, which the author kind of argues against is this idea that it would require an extreme amount of coordination, and that coordination is really, really costly and very challenging to get right. There are also race mechanics involved between different companies and organizations working to build artificial intelligences, and slowing, slowing down AI can also put us at odds with AI capabilities folks, and that will lose us benefits of progress. Things like Relevant learnings and reduction of other existential risks are potential information costs and epistemological costs here, as well as the pattern kind of matches onto Luddism a little bit, and we don't really want to be Luddites here, and only delays the problem anyways. These are all main arguments that the author then responds to with the following points. So the counter with first, it's tractable. Other valuable technologies, things like medical research, have been drastically slowed due to safety and ethical concerns. 
The median surveyed ML researcher also gives a 5-10% to chance that AI destroys humanity, showing it's possible to convince others. Partial solutions are valuable. If even if a global agreement isn't on the table, convincing certain manufacturers, researchers, funders, and general public segments to buy in and create norms against doing dangerous things with AI or moving some resources to less dangerous AI research might all be extremely valuable avenues to slowing down the progress overall. Next, the author argues that winning an arms race to be the first to build AI, advanced AI that is, AGI, is futile. If you don't have a way to implement enough safety to not die from it, it doesn't really matter. It's therefore not clear that a race will happen. Next, the author argues that we, quote-unquote, are not the AI safety community, or the U.S. If we don't want the U.S. to slow down and China to win the race, why not work on having China slow down? If we don't want the AI safety community to break relationships with AI capabilities, why not have someone outside the community do the slowing work instead? Lastly, the author argues that buying time is highly worthwhile. It gives space to buy yet more time, advanced safety research, and for geopolitics to change favorably, making other interventions possible as well. The next article we have is called Working with the Beef Industry for Chicken Welfare by Robert Y. Historically, the U.S. farmed animal welfare movement has seen itself as working in opposition to the entirety of the animal agricultural industry. However, the vast majority of animal agricultural suffering is from small animals, things like chicken, fish, and different invertebrates. This makes the U.S. beef industry a potential ally, as they have incentives to reduce consumption of those animals in favor of beef, via getting chicken welfare protections in line with the higher requirements for cows, for example. There are definitely concerns around less chicken and more cows producing, well, overall more methane and other greenhouse gases, and this is something that is discussed a bit in the comments section, and it's a really fun time if you want to think through an ethical quandary that has real-world consequences that we might be able to do something about as a community. The next post is called Good Things That Happened in EA This Year, and this is a part of our community and media section. The post was written by Shaquille Hashim. A selection of 21 good things that happened in EA this year is what this article consists of. Some of the examples, notable examples that is, are first that animal welfare has really taken off. 161 new organizations have committed to using cage-free products. The European Union Commission says it will put forward a proposal to end the systematic killing of male chicks across the EU. And the welfare of crabs, lobsters, and prawns was also recognized in UK legislation thanks to the animal welfare, excuse me, thanks to the new animal welfare sentience bill. In the biosecurity field, Alvia, a biotech company dedicated to fighting pandemics, launched and has already started to implement animal studies for a shelf-stable COVID vaccine. Nucleic Acid Observatory, or NAO, also launched, developing early warning systems for biological threats and early detection of hazards relating to biosecurity. Global health and development is another area where our community has seen massive strides this last year. Research from the Lead Exposure Elimination Project led to governments in Zimbabwe and Sierra Leone trying to tackle the problem of lead contamination, where Open Philanthropy launched new focus areas of South Asia, air quality, and global aid policy, as well as charity entrepreneurship incubated five new charities, including the Center for Effective Aid Policy. All massive strides there when it comes to development. And lastly, the community has grown. Over 1.4 thousand new people signed the giving what we can pledge charity navigator create a high impact charities page with discussion of effective altruism and 
80,000 connections were made at events hosted by the Center for Effective Altruism in the last year. Our community is saving lives, and this is absolutely incredible to see and be a part of. Uh, so thank you guys very, very much, and thank you very much to the author of that article for bringing a bunch of focus to the good things that have happened to EA this last year, because I know a lot of people are still hurting from the FDX situation uh, and decreased funding and worries around that. So we're doing good. Let's focus on, uh, at least for right now, where we are going and the good that we've done. The next post is an introduction to something called C-Factual, a new EA-aligned con consultancy by Jonah and Max Nagelli. C-Factual is a new EA-aligned strategy consultancy with the purpose of maximizing its counterfactual impact. It currently provides three services and is also exploring others. These three services currently are first, exploring the right allocation of money and talent from particular project spending decisions to multi-year organizational plans. Second is they've been working on optimizing theories of change or TOCs and key performance indicators, KPIs. Third, executing high stakes projects on short notice is something else they've been doing. Things like crisis response and fundraising. The team at C-Factual also aims to build a talent pipeline, giving a mechanism for consultants to build career capital and get involved in EA. The first year will focus on running experiments and projects and refining their approach based on feedback. Get in touch to discuss a potential project and express interest in joining their team or share feedback in links included in the article called Introducing C-Factual on the A-Forum. Next is an article called Announcing Vita Plene, the first Latin American organization incubated by charity entrepreneurship by Joy Bittner and Anita Kaslin. Vida Plena is a new nonprofit organization based in Quito, Ecuador. They follow Strong Minds model of therapy in order to provide cost-effective depression treatment to low-income and refugee communities in Latin America. So far, they certified 10 local community facilitators and are running a pilot program with 10 support groups. Results of these pilots will be out early 2023. They're looking to raise $64,000 by the end of 2023, and you can support their work by donating in the article listed in the description down below. And the next article we have is by Michael underscore PJ, and it's called Keep EA High Trust. EA so far has been high trust. People trust others in our community overall, and we tend to have very strong social cohesion. This feels nicer to be in and has significant efficiency benefits for projects and also willingness to take different risks because you recognize there are folks in the community who can help lift you up. Recent posts have argued for a low trust regime, i.e. more transparency so actions can be scrutinized and more elaborate governance. The author argues this is currently unnecessary and costly and suggests EA remain high trust with occasional verification that people have behaved trustworthily. A main argument they give is that people in EA organizations seem trustworthy because we've spent time recently looking for bad behavior and all the example put forward, all the examples put forward that is, seem either factually wrong or fall under cases of bad decisions for good reasons, the author argues. Lapses in personal judgment or genuine disagreements on the best actions to do are further additional reasons the author gives for this sense of the need for a low trust environment. The next post we have is called May the Factory Farms Burn. It's a cross post posted by Omnizoid. The original post is by someone named Bentham's Bulldog, and it is an emotive piece arguing against meat consumption and for donating to charities that fight factory farming. And it also argues that this should not be uncontroversial. 
They quote various sources to lay out the horrors of factory farming and note that while there are many tough philosophical questions concerning ethics, especially normative ethics, this isn't one of them. Whether to continue our current consumption of meat is, quote, as close to a no-brainer as you get in normative ethics, end quote. Even valuing animals at one one-thousandth of a human's life, our treatment of them is, quote, morally equivalent to brutally torturing and killing around 80 million people every year, end quote. Individual consumption decisions can make a difference, with reductions in some cases of weeks of tortured suffering by not eating a chicken sandwich. They briefly note health and environmental reasons for the same conclusion as well. Many arguments pointing in the same direction here. And the last thing we have for this week is from uh, different folks on the EA Forum team, uh, Shrong Padek, uh, Sarah Shang, Lizka, Ben West, and Jonathan Mustin, uh, to name a few. And it's called Your 2022 EA Forum Wrapped. Uh, you can check out your personal EA Forum Wrapped, uh, similar to Spotify's uh, uh, Wrapped, of course, which is a summary of how you use the EA Forum over the last year. Thank you all so much for listening. My name is once again Coleman Snell. Thank you so much to Zoe Williams and Rethink Priorities uh, for helping put this wonderful show together. I'll see you guys next week, and I hope you guys continue to uh, do the meaningful work that uh, we're striving to in this community this next year. Welcome to 2023, by the way. Happy New Year's.